Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Welcome to this week's episode of the Pretty Okay Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Holman. And I'm Samantha Welker. And we are back. We are recording from the same county. <laughs> we're, not, we're not 600 miles apart. Right. Um, I'm in the country again. So... I mean, that's a step in the right direction. Yes. I didn't... Guys, I didn't get stuck in Canada um, on my ski trip, I was really paranoid about it and was probably, uh, really annoying the rest of my group with how much I talked about us not like really needing to not get COVID and not get stuck in Canada, (laughs) but I am back on us soil and home in San Diego. And today we are going to be talking about the anatomy of a website. So just diving straight into the deep end of the pool Less than 24 hours after coming home from a vacation. (laughs) Is it less than 24 hours? Did you just get home? Yeah. I touched ground in LA at 1 o'clock local time yesterday. So PM or AM? PM. Okay, good. If it was like 1 a.m. and you were doing this, I was going to be like, Taylor. No. That <laughs> would have a little chill. Yeah. Yeah. So we roll. Um, Brett and I were both asleep on the couch. I I made it past 8 p.m., but it was like 7.40 and Brett was <laughs> he was sitting up, but his head was down and I could hear him <laughs> snoring. So, awesome. you know, that's that's how it goes. Even though we only had one hour time difference yeah but i mean you've been skiing for like a week straight your body's probably like okay i can relax now yes (laughs) yes i did i did ski a lot it was awesome and if i quit my job at some point and just become a ski bum um i hope you all understand why you and i will not be retiring together because i will not be a ski bum like I will not be where it's cold. <laughs> no, but I need to be uh I will figure it out. I'll snowbird. I'll snowbird it on our little retirement Golden Girl compound. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Sold. 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 Onward. Yes, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Onward from ski trips to websites. Um today's conversation I'm really excited about because this is like the meat of what I do for mm-hmm. clients. Yep. So this is where my head lives a lot of the time. And it is something that a lot of people don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Because when Jillian and I have consultations with our clients, it's people 
definitely understand what Jillian's part is, right? Like she's the copywriter, she writes the words. But then that content strategy piece, everyone's like, what does that mean? Right. (laughs) And so that's what we're going to be diving into today as we talk about the anatomy of a website. And these five things that we're going to talk about are really core to making sure that your website is structured the way Mm -hmm. it should be, but that also you are telling the story that you want to be telling, right? Which I think a lot of people have become a lot more aware of how important that story is now. Totally. So. Yeah. And you have more than just that background with Jillian. You also, your husband is like a developer, So you are well-versed in the developer world. I think you and I have had a few conversations about developers living in dark caves and (laughs) dealing with that special kind of animal (laughs) because I, you know, I had my experience working in the web dev world on more of like a project manager side, I guess, is what I would kind of call it. Um, There's a lot that goes into websites for sure, Mm -hmm. but I love the stuff that you outlined for today because I, you don't have to be a web developer to understand it. That's the thing. We're not going to be like, here's how you build your website. We're going to talk about the forward facing stuff that your brand needs in order to make your website successfully convert, which at the end of the day is our goal. Hey, (laughs) definitely the goal. And if you guys want to have the nerdy backend talk at some point, that sounds dirty. It's such, yeah, dirty, dirty. Can we, can we dub over some, like, sexy mood music? <laughs> yes. I will get right on that. Let me go download sexy background music. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like Sam said, this is going to definitely be more, like, front-end, forward-facing things. We're not going to be, like, I'm not going to be getting that nerdy on you today. I will be speaking in plain English. And I think that this is going to be an interesting conversation because, you know, both Sam and I have had our hands in on, we're going to get handsy. We're going to get handsy with this. Um, You know, we- Handsy on the back end. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Where my brain is today. (laughs) Hey. Um... You know, both Sam and I have had experience working with websites in a bunch of different markets and sectors. And so this is, these are like the common threads that we're really going to be diving into. Um, The first one is definitely, out of all these things we're going to talk about, I would say that this is the one that becomes, that can be like a pet peeve for me. And... But not having it, not having it is the pet peeve, if that makes sense. Yes. So what we want you all to have as a part of your website is clear and concise navigation. What is a navigation, Taylor? (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) So navigation for most websites you're really just looking at the main menu bar that goes typically across the top of the website. Sometimes people have little hamburger menus, which are the three lines that kind of look like a hamburger bun with the patty in the middle. <laughs> a lot of people haven't heard that term before, but that's what that is, a little hamburger bun navigation. Um, and then if you have a little bit more of a complicated website, 
meaning it's probably product driven over service driven. You're likely to have a more built out footer that has additional navigation and the footer is located at the very bottom of a website. So like a foot, like a foot, like, <laughs> like a foot. The end. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm just going to pretend to be the, the dumb knows nothing about websites person. So enjoy. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> we shall all enjoy the gift of that today. <laughs> So when it comes to that, any navigation, the thing that I see people doing wrong that is a pet peeve of mine is they try to get fancy with what they call the things Mm -hmm. in their main navigation. So for example, instead of just calling your blog a blog, sometimes I see it called a journal. That's what I have. Mine's a journal. <laughs> I have no shame. That's okay. That's okay. You know. But you know what? Is- it's okay for mine. Can I tell you why? Yes. Because I have like three things in my navigation. It's not fucking hard to figure out. It's a blog website. <laughs> yes. Yes. Another example, um, which is pretty common, or I see it a lot in the wedding industry, is instead of calling it reviews, I see it called love notes or mm-hmm. something like that. Deep breaths. The moral of this story is to call things what they are. Use plain and common English because you don't want people to have to guess where they're trying to go. So yeah. typically in a main navigation bar, you want to have a link to your homepage, your about page, your services or your product shop, depending on, you know, what you do as a business. Then a contact page and a blog. The finger quote extras that are kind of not extras, but a lot of people don't have them, would be a terms of service and privacy policy. And those are legal jargon mumbo jumbo that's important to have (laughs) because... You want to protect yourself from all the things. And really what the terms of service and privacy policy do is they inform the people coming to your website about how you are collecting and using information about what they're doing on the website, right? So, yeah. And there are plenty of um, lawyers who have contract shops who have, you know, boilerplate terms of service and privacy policies you can purchase. And then from there, it's like copy, paste, changing out the business name type stuff. So if you don't have that, um, that is importante. And that's something that can live in the footer, right? Yeah. Typically, you would put that in the footer. Um, You wouldn't have to clutter up your main nav. Correct. And if you're a product-based business or like if you're – and if you're – anything transactional where – money is being exchanged on your website or not exchanged, but you know what I mean? That's a must, right? To have those, those terms of service and, and that kind of stuff in there because it just covers your ass, which we always do when money's involved. Yep. And you know, something that people I think have kind of forgotten about is GDPR, which anyone mm-hmm. who had a website like back in 
I want to say like early 2018, maybe yeah. 2017, everybody lost their shit over this policy. Yep. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a European based policy, but California has its own version of GDPR. And it's around protecting um, consumer information. And so, like, if nothing else, you want to make sure that you have that because pol- or privacy is important in general. And like I said earlier, this is really just about making sure that you're like when someone clicks onto your website, they then technically have been informed about your terms of service and privacy policy because you have it right. publicly posted. Yes. You're so. not required to make them read it. You just have to have it available. Yeah. Not like anyone would read it anyways. Because we no, don't When's the anyway. last time you read one on a website? No. Never. <laughs> never, never, never. So when it comes to – so that's the navigation. But there's another layer to effective navigation that I think a lot of people forget about. And I feel like this is a little – more notoriously forgotten on the service side Mm -hmm. because with products it's like you know people are going to show off their products and you know say buy now shop now that kind of language but having calls to action which in my everyday jargon I just call CTAs it's important to guide people help people navigate through each page of your website using CTAs. So yeah. like CTAs that point to the other and important pages of your website. Um sometimes they are a little bit more forward and they say shop now, buy now, subscribe now, contact me, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the long and short of it is is people need to be told what they need to do and when they need to do it. And you accomplish that by using CTAs. You literally need to lead the horse to water. It, you have to with a website. You might think like, oh, they'll figure it out. Everybody uses social media and the internet these days. No, you need a big, you need a CTA. You need a CTA. I mean, it's why like, you know, even when you do have a website that has good calls to action and is like, you know, being thoughtful about getting people from point A to B and to C and D, like anyone and everyone is still going to end up with people who like go to their website and go straight to the contact page and don't read a goddamn thing. And so therefore they ask you all the dumb questions that were answered on your website. There's no way to avoid that. Nope. But when you have CTAs, you are going to help minimize that. Right, because you're making it clear that this is where the person needs to go in order to get the information that you know they need, right? They they right. want to know how much things cost. They want to know who's the human behind the business. They want to learn about your process. So like just put that shit front and center and tell them where to go to find it. Yes. Soapbox rant over. <laughs> Number one. Number one. Number two. Now, this is the one that I think is the most, well, maybe it's not the most fun. It's fun for me, but, you know. The next one is. What's fun for us isn't always fun for other people. Correct. 
Correct. Um, so the next one is a customer or client-centered story. And Taylor, what a customer or client-centered story. <laughs> <laughs> what do I mean by that? Um, what I mean, in the fewest words possible, is that you're not talking about yourself. You are talking about the person you are trying to sell to, your customer or your client. Yep. So a good way to scan your website to see whether or not you are doing this is to start reading the words, the copy on your website, and ask yourself, am I using the word I or we more often, or am I using the word you? Because mm-hmm. if it's I or we, your copy is just talking about you and what you can do. But really, what you want to be doing is that emotional connection, pulling on those strings and getting... It looks like you're milking a cow. Oh. Milking <laughs> a cow. Right now. I'm not going to lie. It looks like you have two udders in your hand. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> who's the dad from Meet the Fockers? Yep. You can milk anything with a nipple. I can milk anything. I hope you guys can visualize this because it's a really... (laughs) You want... You really need to be pulling on these emotional strings. And you do that by using copy that immediately lets the reader know that you understand who they are, where they are, what they're struggling with. And you don't do that by talking about yourself. Right. Just like period. Period. Yep. With period, yeah, period, <laughs> yes, it's you know, people want you to answer to solve a problem for them. It's it's very similar to your elevator pitch, you know, your your copy. People want to know, okay, what can you do for me? That's when they come to your website. Yeah, and like what product can you provide for me? What service can you provide for me? It's like, can I tell you my biggest website pet peeve? Yeah. And I know this is a very common one. It's not actually super in line with what you're talking about, but a little bit. <laughs> Fucking food bloggers. Oh, my God. Have to tell me their entire family history before a recipe. I click out so much. I know why they do it. I understand why they do it because it gives them more copy and they therefore they get to, uh, more of those ads placed in there from – whichever ad thrive or whoever they're working with, it drives me nuts. I'm like, this is pointless. You are clearly just here to talk about bullshit and just give me the recipe. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. I, just I, don't, want to know how to make- I don't know why they wouldn't just put the recipe at the top and just put the rest of that copy below because the ads can still. And no one scrolls. But I mean, in my mind, that's better than having people bounce and click off the page. I don't know. They must really assume people want the recipe. If someone knows the answer to this, please. Chime in. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why do food bloggers do this? I'm mm. telling you why. <laughs> <laughs> because they want that ad revenue. <laughs> oh, goddamn ad revenue. Ads destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Always. So in addition to that problem that Sam was talking about, the really important part to do in the story that you're telling is to communicate the transformation that they can have, right? Like you mm-hmm. make it clear that you understand what it is they're struggling with, like in a specific way. Don't just mm-hmm. say, oh, you're stressed and worried and overwhelmed. Like, okay, the fuck does that mean? 
Like, specifically, what are your customers stressed, worried, or overwhelmed about? Talk about that plainly. And then show them the grassy, greed, rainbow-filled unicorn knoll on the other side. I want to go to there. (laughs) Yes. Everybody wants to go to there. And that's exactly why, like, that's the... That is the decision-making process, right? Like, yeah, you under- they, they understand that you know what they're struggling with, and then they become super confident that you can also take them to the rainbow grassy knoll with unicorns in it that they are trying to get to. And that's how your website starts to do more of the selling for you. It helps you better qualify your potential clients that are coming to you with leads. It helps people feel more confident before they click buy, right? So potentially reducing the number of returns you get. So client, customer-centered copy. Yeah. (laughs) Period. Period. There's a lot of psychology that goes into building a good website. There really is. I mean, I think we've talked before about the psychology that goes into building a brand, but like a website, there's the whole user experience, you know, platform side of things where it's it's a game almost, like that you have to play correctly if you want it to work. Can I go on another tangent? Yes. Uh, do you watch SNL? Yes. Did you watch the Willem Dafoe one? Yes. <laughs> the the uh, skit where he was like an author promoting his book, the Blowing Yourself one? I vaguely remember that. So they introed it and they're like, today we've got a self-help author talking about his new book about becoming happier through self-discovery. And the other like news anchor is like, hmm, brilliant. <laughs> and it just made me think of what you're talking about, like so vague right like here's oh here's what i'm gonna make you happier through self-discovery great what the fuck does that mean (laughs) (laughs) yes anyways yes yeah you don't like if your copy makes anyone ask themselves what the fuck does that mean not not good definitely not good so we used to use when i was working at that web development firm we used to use this tool and i don't even know if it's around anymore i have to look at this uh, up the name because i don't remember but basically you would buy credits on this site um to have your site checked by someone who knows nothing about you oh interesting and yeah so like you would buy credits and so you would have like 10 people audit your website and so they would uh, do a screen flow and they would also record themselves talking while they were doing it and you would map out the questions like what it is you think you could, you could have any questions you wanted, but a lot of the times we'd ask, what do you think this person is selling or what do you think this person's service is? So someone with no context should feasibly be able to land on your website and know exactly what it is you're offering and exactly who you are. That, to me, was a really great tool, you know, because mm-hmm. it brought in someone with with no expectations of what they were going to see. And you got to have, like, real time, like, oh, okay, well, this person is clearly a web developer or a what did we use to build real estate agent? <laughs> uh, you know, which industry, which boring industry are we talking about now? Just kidding. Sorry. Real estate agents are great. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's something I should look it up because it's a very valuable tool um, for just getting an extra set of eyes on there that, you know, yep. helps answer the question for you. Like, did I do this correctly? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 
you know, I, I am saying write customer and client-centered copy as if it's an easy thing. Right. But, like, this is what I spend the most time on when I'm doing content strategy because every one of Jillian's and my clients, they get an intake form that has a whole shit ton of questions. And typically when someone does a good job and isn't rushing through answering them. So my A plus clients out there, typically I get that document back and it's about 15 pages of their like, you know, I'm not asking them to write grammatically correct paragraphs. Like yeah, I just tell them right incomplete sentences and bullet point lists, lists are great. But I usually get about 15 pages of like notes from them. And so if you're listening to this and you wrote your own website copy, did you sit down and like do this kind of exercise to really think about who your customers are, what their problems are, and then match them with the, the services or products you have and then what the transformation is? Probably not. No, probably not. Probably not. And that's okay. Today is a new day. You can fix that. But, you know, there there is a lot of psychology that goes into this. And to humble brag, this is like my superpower, right? Like I have a degree in, psych- yes, exactly. in psychology and a graduate degree in sociology. So when I look at these 15 pages of notes, I see something different than I think most people would. Absolutely. But Don't humble brag, full brag. Full brag, full brag. I'll, our full therapists brag. think that we should full brag more. So we'll just full brag more. Yes. There you go. <laughs> this is my superpower. Um, so yes, use less I or we talk about them more and if you do nothing else other than that that's at least a step in the right direction word word to your mother numero trace i almost said four but we're only on point number three um pricing value and benefits Mm. definitely needs to be on your website yes and this is this is interesting because in the wedding and service based industry, I think it's like obviously if you have a product, you're going right. to tell people how much it costs. Right. But people get really weird about talking about how much their essentially their time costs, right? Cuz that's what you're selling when you have services. Yep. And I used to be in the, well, you know, you can put them on there if you want, but you don't have to if you don't want to. But that has changed. I'm hardcore in the post your prices camp. You're not a fucking catch of the day on a food market (laughs) menu. You want me to list your market price? You're not the catch of the day. I like that. Put your friggin' pricing down there. Yes. Yeah, don't put market price. Right. <laughs> don't put market price. No more market price. Just tell people what it costs. Um, and the reason that I really made that shift, there's two, there's two parts to it. The first part is I had decided to personally do that years ago. 
and just because I was tired of, well, does can this inquiry actually afford me? I'd rather people just know, can they afford me, yes or no, before even sending me an email. A hundred percent. So there's that personal experience of having done that and see, and I saw a dramatic increase in the quality of the leads that I was getting. Brilliant. So the second reason is because the Knot did a study in 2020, I think it was, and they asked couples, how important is it for you to see pricing before reaching out to a potential wedding vendor? And 82% of couples said it was very important. Wow. Like, that's that's not like a living in the gray area. That is a cl- very clear black and white answer. Yes. Wow. So put your pricing on your website. The debate is over on that piece. I So I recently was looking into just some different, like, software platforms for work stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was one that I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm this is perfect. This is what we need. And they don't list their pricing, which to me automatically tells me, okay, this is very expensive mm-hmm. because why else would you not list subscription pricing? So then I went and did some, like, internet sleuthing and, you know, you can – that's the thing. People will find it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that because this is a bigger software company, so obviously it was a little easier to find it. But – what it did was it made it was kind of a turnoff that I had to go looking for it, and it's like you said, like if if they're in your budget, or if they're you're in their budget, my brain is not functioning at all <laughs> on all cylinders today. Um, <laughs> if you are within their budget, your pricing is not going to deter them if it's listed on the website versus when you send it to them via email a week later, right? Yeah, yeah. Just put it. Just put it there. People want to know. I mean, you want to know as a person, whoever looked like whenever you go on the internet to research something, the price is like the first place people go. Always. So if that's your human intuition, then why are the majority of your potential clients and customers any different? The answer is they're not. They're not. So, but you can't just... On a good website, you can't just put the pricing. You have to also explain the value, whether it's a service or a product, right? Like everything has a value. That's the intangible part of all of this, as well as the benefits, right? Which is that that grassy knoll with rainbows and unicorns. So, and it's, that piece is definitely going to tie back to your client problem, that transformation, that psychological piece of like, what is it that 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 this person is really looking for? You know, they're not just, I know that there's some sort of like, incredibly simple example, right? Where like, someone's not looking for a hammer, they're really looking for a way to build a house. I don't know, that's a terrible off the cuff, (laughs) like, thing. (laughs) <laughs> but essentially, that's what you need to do. So because the, the value and the benefits justifies the price, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Right. So, um, I mean, on Brett's and my 
super secret, becoming less secret project. Um, I did a story the other day. I did a series of stories because he and I had talked about a specific pricing structure and, and price point. And then I was like, is that too cheap? Mm-hmm. Right? Because there is such a thing as too cheap. Yeah. And so I, you know, I did a bunch of stories about it. And the takeaway was, I was like, Brett, well, we can definitely charge more because everyone's telling us we should charge more. <laughs> so like pricing is this very fluid thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be afraid to ask people what they'll pay for something. But once you right. know that number, you should then dig a little bit more to understand like why they'll pay it. Like why is someone going to shell out extra dollars for you? Um, because that's just a big part of your, your, I mean, it's your value prop, right? Exactly. So, And if you, you know, if you've done your homework, you've done some market research and some competitive analysis and you know that similar people who offer similar services or products are probably in within a ballpark range of what you're your listing your pricing at so it shouldn't deter you from posting it yep. unless you're like wildly overcharging which you know in that case you've got some internal work to do <laughs> yep yep um so that's the numbers part the next part is probably the one that everyone that i would say your average human is going to be most excited about and the that's pretty part the pretty part, the visuals, <laughs> the visuals. Um, but when you are, whether you're building out a website for the first time, whether you're making like your annual updates or you're doing seasonal things, like you're swapping out products. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know if you see this too, but I see people, I see websites not people because websites are not people i see websites where the image next to like a certain chunk of copy have nothing like they don't they're not related and i'm always oh, like like just like on a home or an interior page yeah and i'm like that photo doesn't make sense next to those words mm. okay and maybe i'm just because i look at websites, excuse me, differently. Maybe your average human isn't like reading the text and then looking at the photo and asking, do these two things go together? (laughs) But I do see that sometimes. And I'm like, this is, this is very strange. I don't like it. So strange. Um, so my advice when you're picking your visuals and whether that's graphics or images, or video, right? Because video is a very important visual component. It needs to actually complement the copy of the page that's on the page, and it has to support the goal for the page. Right. It can't just, like, it doesn't really do you any good to just be throwing what you think is pretty in different places. Like, you should be more strategic with the pretty parts than that. And um, with that kind of stuff, what if you're on a budget? What's your recommendation? Yeah, that is the situation that 
most people are in when they're starting their businesses. And so at a minimum, if you have some sort of budget, I think that you should invest in some form of a brand shoot. And it doesn't have to be like a multi-day thing where you like are changing locations and you have all this stuff. Um, Even if you're hiring a photographer for two hours, if you haven't have really done a good job of planning out your website beforehand and understanding what it is you need and you procure all of the things and you make a shot list you can get what you need in two in a two-hour shoot yeah I am pretty confident in saying that we did it yeah I mean ours was like an hour like an hour (laughs) and we were like uh is there anything else that we should do like we're here Yeah, we're like, we've changed outfits like four times. Um. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So it just takes a little planning. Yeah, it just takes a little planning. So even if you're on a limited budget, you know, you, and like a a good photographer is not going to be cheap, right? Like you're probably looking at, and I'm not, I'm like hands up because (laughs) I don't want any of my photographer friends listening to this to be like, that's not my pricing. And I know that, but I think on I think you can find someone, if you make it easy for them to do a two-hour shoot for somewhere in the ballpark of like $1,000, $1,500. Yeah. I think, you know, I typically see $500 to $1,000 an hour being like hourly rates for photographers. So if you get your shit together, you know, I think that that's an investment worth making. Yeah. Um. And it's not even one you have to do every year. No. No. Like, I don't want to go too deep into this because we're actually going to do an episode on this with um, Erica Benson, who owns SoCal Standard. Mm-hmm. And she does, like, this is her bread and butter is, like, brand photography and working with business owners uh, to get them the content that they need. So, I mean, I'm going to step back and let her take the reins on that one. But it's not like you need to put a line item for a thousand dollars a year for a brand photography shoot. Like yeah. if you plan it correctly, it can last you a while. Yeah. I feel like I for for my brand, I've typically done a shoot like every two to three years. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you know, like if you're making a thousand dollar investment that's gonna run like literally be what you use to market your business for two years, that is an incredibly sound investment. Yeah. Um, I have to shameless plug, but like stock photos. Hello. So, and not all stock photos are created equal. So find a source that is like in line with your industry and at the level of like the brand that you're trying to build. Because a lot of the, a lot of the big stock photo providers in the creative space like the images are all edited very similarly and they're like pretty blown out like it's super bright colors blown out out photography and I can pick those out of a lineup in you know zero seconds flat so yeah I love when you guys do the spot the stock or can you spot the stock because I can't yes 
And that's the sign of good stock photography. Yep. Thanks, yep. Source Co. <laughs> Thanks, Source. Um, and there, you know, um, the death to, to death to the stock photo, death to stock. I can't remember what it is. Um, that is super generic, but um, in terms of its content, but and it's. I feel like the photography is a. There, you're not going to find any light and airy photos there but you know moody for sure artsy yes um you know kind of like what you would consider typical photography styles Mm -hmm. you'll find um and the that platform is incredibly affordable it's like 15 dollars a month and you get unlimited downloads and you can cancel when you need so you know just do your research and if you are really on a budget you know you can still find images to you know get a website refreshed or built even without spending a shit ton of money on a complicated brand shoot. Yep. Canva has a ton now too. Mm, Yeah. I mean, and they're free. I think Squarespace now even partners with, uh, Unsplash, I think. Mm -hmm. So there are some platforms that kind of rolled into the subscription of that platform you get access to stock. So, you know, don't stock has definitely gotten higher in quality over the last like few years and more accessible in price. So, but yeah. Thanks content creators. Yeah. Just don't download shit off of Pinterest or screenshot things or download off of Google because you will be in copyright infringement and someone's going to come and fucking sue you. So don't do that. And probably the resolution will be terrible. Yes. And look like shit on your website. Yes. So two strikes. Boom. <laughs> on that. Don't do it. And the third strike is it's not ethical. <laughs> so there right. you go. You're out. Three strikes. Um, All right, so the last piece of this five-pronged plan, Mm. (laughs) the anatomy of a website, five-pronged plan, I really like alliteration, um, is to showcase reviews and testimonials, which um, oftentimes is referred to as social proof. Mm -hmm. Social proof. So, Sam. Question. Yes. What if you don't have any? <laughs> um, don't make them up. That's what? for sure. Don't make okay, them well, up. There goes that idea. I was going to give myself a bitch in review. Just yeah, kidding. Right? Five stars. <laughs> Sam shits rainbows and gold confetti. Um, my mom. <laughs> so if you don't have any, this is where, you know, strategically gifting Mm. can be helpful or you know providing the service at a steep discount or you know something like that in exchange for a review now if you're like offering five sourced co acrylic i know box. fuck guys mm-hmm. offering um, we've gotten more ratings, but we have not gotten more reviews just saying that's not part of the deal you guys you have to actually write something yes just throwing that out there bye just write it yep bribes bribes also are a good strategy we got, got more ratings in terms of the number of stars people threw at us ah 
fucking write something. Write something. <laughs> Come on, guys. Depending on what your service is, I understand that it may not make any sense to like do it for free for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one can be a little bit tricky. But if you don't have reviews to start, another tactic of at least getting some sort of social proof on your website is hitting the PR side of things and trying to get featured um, as like a guest writer or, you know, contributing something and getting quoted, having your work featured so that instead of reviews you can do uh, a logo wall right mm-hmm. and put an as seen in yep because the the core function of a reviews and testimonial or a social proof section is to build trust and so whether it's other humans that are providing validity to what you do or like you know if you've been featured somewhere people are like oh that's cool so they must not be totally shit at what they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be featured. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are like the thoughts that go through people's minds. Yeah. I mean, it's why you see like featured on the New York Times and Martha Stewart and, you know, right. all those things. You see that shit everywhere. So. Dolly Baby, our claim to fame, New York Times wire cutter. Boom. So do it. It. Serves a psychological purpose. Purpose. It serves a psychological purpose. Um, But if you are using like reviews and quotes, please don't put huge walls of text on your website. Everybody wants to read huge paragraphs and novels about your work and scroll forever forever the answer is they don't (laughs) they don't um maybe the really motivated ones or the really cynical ones nobody does only the ones who are like stalking you yes so they're either like super motivated or super cynical right yeah because they're like digging um they're looking for fodder exactly so don't be a cater fodder (laughs) So when people are on your website, they're not always reading all the things. Despite the fact that you should have all the things, <laughs> they're, they're skimming. So when you have your reviews or your testimonials, you want to pull the most impactful part of that long piece of copy and highlight that. So we're talking like, yeah. you know, a short sentence. Um, Jillian has one that she has, like, I know of it. So, and it's a great example that someone wrote this, like, two or three page, not two or three page, two or three paragraph review. (laughs) And in it, it said, I will never hire another copywriter. Right? So you pull that, and then that's your quote. quote. That's, like, the punchy part that you want your potential customers and clients to read. So you can obviously have pages where you include the the testimonial review in its entirety and I Mm -hmm. do that on my website like if someone really wants to go read everything someone wrote I make that available Mm -hmm. but in terms of what I'm including on most pages it's just that pull quote to make it like okay yep 
quick validation. I, I'm capable of keeping the attention span of a goldfish and reading these five words. And then I will move on. So and it's important to have a mix too. Like you don't just want 17 testimonials that say this is the best copywriter I've ever hired. Like you want testimonials or at least very much pull quotes that speak to different people, different pain points, things like that, right? Yeah. Like talking about how communicative you are, how efficient you are, you know, like we get it. You're good. You're good at what you do, but also what else? Like yeah. why should I hire you over someone else kind yeah. of thing? Totally. Totally, totally. So, I mean, that's true of services or products. Like, you know, if people start to see the same review over and over again, then they're like, okay, if that's a little strange, like, yeah, the the human brain is just an interesting thing and they will get bored of it. So you want to make sure that you have reviews that talk about the quality, um, that talk about the process that talk about the that transformation or impact. Yep. Um, and the value is also a good one. So mix it up with the fingers. Mix it up. Or milk the cow. <laughs> milk the cow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are the five pieces that are really crucial to the anatomy of a great website. So Sam, do you want to recap? No, I was going to say, Taylor, recap. <laughs> so the first off, one is, so now it's not, it's funny. No, it's funny. <laughs> um, the first one is clear and concise navigation. We're going to tell people where they need to go, right? And we're going to use CTAs. The second is a customer or client-centered story where you are using the word you more than I or we, then everybody is going to post their pricing. Everybody. (laughs) Everybody. And then you're also going to talk about the value and benefits. Yep. Then we are all going to use images that actually complement our copy, and we're going to make investments when we need to. Yep. And And not use ugly stock photos. Not ugly stock photos. With air plants and pink gold polka dotted things with the giant diamond pen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can we all just pledge to never use those again? Please, please. Thank no you. No more air plants. No more flat lays of your phone next to an air plant. With also a pink macaroon next to it. Like those things don't make sense together. Why? They literally don't make sense. Guys. Stop. <laughs> now I want a macaroon. <laughs> and the last piece is your social proof. So we're going to build trust by showing people that other people think we're cool. Yes. So that is the anatomy, the five-point anatomy of a website. Not the nerdiest version of this conversation that we could have had. Yeah. I mean, it could have been far nerdier, but I think we, it was concisely nerdy. Yes. Concisely nerdy. Um, yeah, I think I am, I'm very excited for the interview with SoCal Standard because yes, she is a very talented photographer with a great point of view. And I know that she's going to dive into that whole brand shoot concept. Yes. 
Way but better. But before we have that interview with her, you're going to do a follow-up. Remind me about episode. the follow-up. <laughs> How to write copy that converts. That's right. <laughs> I was like, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I am going to do a follow-up episode about, specifically about pop. Specifically, you guys, maybe my brain, maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe you left your brain in Canada. In Canada. Um, I don't know what my excuse is, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, your excuse is a baby who wakes up every two hours. God damn it. Yes, it is. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. But yes, I will be doing a follow-up episode about copy that converts, and it'll definitely go into the client-centered story a bit, but then so much more. So I can't more. wait. Yes. So, um, folks, kindly leave that rating, but more importantly, write a few words, even if it's five words. Love this podcast. Three words. They yeah. make me laugh. Four words. I learn so much. Four words. Nailed it. <laughs> Wow. You know? Can't wait for that copywriting episode. <laughs> um, we honestly would really appreciate it. We love doing this, uh, and your feedback and reviews are important to us. Yes. But we shall be back in a few weeks with that copy episode, and then after that will be a super fun guest on the pod. Woot woot. And until then, uh, show notes are on prettyokpodcast.com. We have fun, cute, inspirational memes and content going up on social. And until then, just go forth and, and be read, folks. I like that. I was going to say go forth and conquer, but that sounds a little, you know where my brain's at today. We've already talked about this. <laughs> yes. Do you want Sam, to back it? Yes. Sam needs to go forth and conquer. Um, the rest of us can go forth and be red. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>